Hello, this is Voice Your Mind podcast from Listening. Welcome to our show where we talk about the unheard who have no one to share about their insecurities and past trauma or even having difficulty opening up to people when feeling down. On this show, we will be discussing everything about mental health, depression, and suicide. We listening are just ordinary people who are or were in your similar state and are currently encouraging ourselves and learning to improve our state of mind. So here we are taking a step towards motivating you to get better with us every day of the week. So without any further delay, let's get started with the episode. Hello and welcome to the show and our today's guest is Shasha Tarasova and she is a transformational life coach, NFL, NLP practitioner, practitioner, creator of Conscious Sapiens, an artist and a DJ. She has suffered from deep depression in her past and got herself out of it. And now she is on a mission to share her story and inspire others to heal their past and love life, love, love their life. And so that's about it, uh, f- about her shortly, very shortly. And today we're going to learn more about her, her journey. And we're going to talk a lot about like personal development and how we can heal, heal ourselves and everything about it to mental health. Saying that, so how are you doing today? Hi, hi, Mahmoud. I'm good. Thank okay. you for having me. Oh, uh, yes. Thank- welcome. And thanks for coming on the show. Okay. So tell me about your story. So how did everything got started? And like, as it started, so, um, so tell me about your journey at first, then we're going to go head out from, from there. All right. Where do I even begin? It started, <laughs> yeah. I think, like for, for most people, it started back in childhood with, you know, certain things that happened in my childhood, certain ways that... Um, my family behaved that made me believe that I had to earn love and that I was not, um, let's say, good enough just for who I was. Like, for example, my parents were very strict when it came to grades. So I would get punished for getting a bad grade and I would get pretty much nothing for getting a good grade. So already from then I learned that I needed to like perform extra, extra well to be accepted and to be loved and, you know, to have approval of my family, let's say. And then as I grew up, uh, I found myself in a pattern of not really following what I wanted to do, but rather this pattern continued trying to, you know, get the approval of my parents doing what they were telling me to do. So I would, I would study something that I wasn't really passionate about and I didn't do what I wanted instead. And then I would get a job that my family would think is you know, good enough, but I personally didn't really like doing it. And then little by little, these things accumulated and I started feeling really not happy with my life, even though my life was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I was living in Dubai, I was married, I had a well-paid job. And I had nothing to complain about, except deep inside, I was really not happy with where I was, who I was with, and what I was doing. And that slowly developed into a depression because I just kept neglecting myself and my needs. And instead, I was trying to please everybody else and not really listen to my own needs. So this is how it started. 
And it took me a few years of personal development and really trying to find out who I am and what I want and really reconnected with myself uh, in order to get out of that place. Because it, it literally felt like I was being someone else. I was playing this role that like this, this, this face that I created to, to um, interact with the world, but I was not actually allowing myself to be me because I thought I would not be accepted for who I am. So it took a lot of time to get, to allow myself to be that person and to get back into loving that person. And a few years later, a few years of personal development and healing later, I discovered NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And it's one of my favorite modality. It's a, it's a branch of psychology. And I've used that for myself and I'm using that now with my clients to help them heal much, much easier and much faster than what I had to go through. And honestly, for today, I can say that I'm definitely in the best place in my life mentally and emotionally and in terms of happiness. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. Okay, so I mean, the amazing and, and absolutely not the, the beginning as, as we already know. Okay. So uh, I really want to know about like uh, your, how did this thought of getting the need of approval came, came into place in the first place? So, um, so you mentioned that your pet, like you have, you always needed, like everything you needed to do, you, you do, you did in the past. Uh, was for getting the approval of your parents or others? Okay. So how did this came in? Well, I think this came in because my parents divorced very early. I was like two years old or something. So being separated from a parent figure is a, is a quite traumatic for a small child because this is where they get their sense of safety. And without having that unconditional love, it, it, it's a human need to have love. And if you don't have it from your parents because they're in the middle of a divorce, you, you kind of start to struggle and you kind of feel that you're, you're not good enough. You're missing out on that love. So as soon as I started living with my parents again, I started doing my best to try and have their attention and because for so many years they were not there for me. So I think it has to do a lot with that. Okay. It's, it's really interesting because um, most will don't think about it, this in that way. So let's say uh, most will think that I, it is my perspective, like not, I don't know about every single person. Okay. So most will, as I think that most people think that everything that's happening right now is the result of what is happening to them at that moment. Like this is, yeah. So most people avoid the part of how they grew up. And you, you the thing you mentioned, mentioned is like how about uh, not getting the right amount of attention from your parents, which resulted in, or like family traumas, which are, which is one example of it is divorce. Okay. So, okay, so, okay, so, how can a person understand if 
Okay, so I, I mentioned two scenarios. Okay, so how can a person actually understand that if he is suffering from any issue of his childhood, uh, which is a result, a result of his childhood, or is it happening because of anything happening to him at the moment, him or her? And I'm well, sorry. Uh, and I, I'm sorry if I made the statement very confusing. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> that before that. That's all right. Well, the thing is, we for, between the ages zero to seven, this is where we learn the majority of our beliefs, and this is where our character gets formed as children. So most of the stuff that we pick up from family, from the environment, from our parents, from our friends, happens between these ages, zero to seven. So it is highly likely that whatever is happening in your life right now probably comes from there. And whatever the beliefs that are formed during that time, they will then continue to influence the, for the rest of your life, how you think, how you perceive the world, what you believe in. And based on those beliefs, this is how you're going to behave and act. So whatever is happening in your life today, in your adulthood, is the result of your behavior and actions and thinking from the past. Correct? Okay. So I would argue that for majority of people, majority of their issues are coming from either 0 to 7 or 0 to 14 years old. Because this is where our psyche gets formed and this is where we pick up the majority of our unconscious programming and unconscious beliefs and everything like that. Okay, so that's, inter that's interesting. However, like I've got one question, like one serious question here. So how can actually people work on their belief, like that belief system that they say that unconscious belief or like processes? Let's uh, say they know because of any issues or like any specific events in their childhood, like they grew up to the state which they're in. Now they want to change it to be a better person and so what can they do and how can they do it? Okay, so first, it's not so easy to find that limiting belief in yourself because it's unconscious, right? Absolutely. So most people don't even know that they have them. So it takes um, either somebody else to point it out for them or it takes a lot of uh, self-awareness to discover that they have a limiting belief. And then another thing is that a lot of these limiting beliefs, we don't even remember the event where it comes from consciously. Subconsciously, the subconscious remembers everything. But consciously, we may, may, nah, we may not even know where it's coming from. We may for, have forgotten our childhood event. So in order to work with them, there's a few ways. There's the longer way where you, you know, you're doing your affirmations, you're trying to rewire that belief, you're trying to a journal about it and you're trying to meditate on it and, and that works but it takes longer because that belief you you grew you lived with it for how many 20 30 years so it's going to take some time to consciously change it right and there is a shortcut to doing that is this is where nlp comes in this is what i work with and this is where i work with your subconscious mind and we find out the belief and we don't even need to know where it comes from but together, using, using uh, NLP methodology, we can rewire that belief just within a few sessions. 
So we can take the belief, we can get it out of your, of your subconscious and we can change it to a more empowering belief. Okay, so how does that NP actually work? So I have heard about it, but like I've got no idea, like literally no idea how this thing is. The first time I heard like the term NLP, I thought it is something legal. Because, <laughs> yeah, oh, trust me. We, okay, yeah. so NLP works with the subconscious and subconscious is basically our nervous system. So, for example, your heart is beating subconsciously right you're not controlling your heartbeat consciously or your breathing or things like that like all these processes in your body all of that happens unconsciously so we're working with your body your mind and your unconscious mind and language because neuro stands for for the neuro system um lang linguistic stands for language and programming stands for basically figuring out what patterns are you running today in your, in your thinking, in your behavior, and in your, in your uh, beliefs, and basically changing those patterns. That's what we do. And we do that using, using the subconscious mind, we do that using the language, and we do that using the body. So some techniques might involve like you walking around and doing some funny things. Some other techniques might involve just talking to yourself in a certain way, and some other techniques will involve more like visualizing things and playing with your subconscious mind. It's like, it's a very big thing. It's, can't, it's hard to explain it in just yeah, one absolutely. simple sentence. But it's, in short, it basically looks at your current programming and figuring out by the way you think, behave, and what you believe in and changing that in the, in the way that you want it to be. Okay. Got it. And it's done um, absolutely painlessly and it's very efficient and it's very simple, actually. A lot of people are surprised how simple these methods are and they work pretty much instantly. So how does a session look like? So like a regular session look like? Is it uh, someone like laying down and talking about his life and stuff or like... <laughs> I, I think that's ther ther therapy, but I I, I have I have no, no I've got no clue related to, to this. How does a session usually look like? In terms well, it, of really, it really depends what we're doing together. If we're going for my full program, which is which is a six month program, the first ten to twelve sessions is going to be mindset work. So it's going to be me asking you some questions and getting the answers out then there's going to be some homework to do some some digging in the past and looking at some past events and after that is done after we already like got everything out in, onto the surface we know what we're working with then we go into the clearing sessions and this is where it's basically um visualization in your head where i guide you through a process where we're working with those events we're basically removing the emotions from all of the events. And once all of the negative emotions are gone, so anger, sadness, guilt, hurt, shame, fear, once all of those emotions are removed, you're no longer emotionally attached to those events. So they no longer trigger you anymore. And once that is done, then we start going for limiting beliefs and then we remove the limiting beliefs. And after that is done, then we start looking at Okay, what is it do you want and how 
can we um, change the behaviors, change the thinking and change the, the everyday habits to achieve what you want? Because in the past, you probably know what you want. Like, I want to achieve whatever, this amount of money, or I want to get married, or I want to lose 20 kilos. But for whatever reason, you're not taking the steps, right? And that's most probably because subconsciously somewhere, there's like a belief in there that, oh, but if I lose all those kilos, maybe something happened to me, something, some kind of fear. Or getting, or like, I don't know, your parents, in my, like in my case, your parents were divorced and subconsciously you're afraid to get married because you know you're going to get hurt. So it's, the mind is a very, very complicated and amazing thing. I'm like really fascinated by it. Like what's happening in the subconscious of a person's, like they don't even know what's happening. <laughs> So my work is getting it out to figure out what is happening and then changing it. So uh, I like one thing I like to say, like your face really glows up when you talk about brain stuff. Like, hey, uh, uh, okay. So this is a question. So how did uh, your love for this topic like came in? This, to this topic as in like, uh, brain and like thought process and answer well it started when i started my own healing so when i was very very depressed to the point that i was just lying in bed and i didn't want to move i didn't want to do anything i didn't want to see anyone so i started at some point i decided i made a decision to make a change and i said i want to get out of this and I went to therapy and it really didn't work. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it on my own because that's not working. So I just started Googling different things and I came across um, neuroscience and neurohacking, which was basically saying, okay, there's a way to, to manipulate your own hormones in your brain and your body. So there were different ways like to improve your uh, dopamine, to boost your serotonin, to boost your oxytocin and all the different feel-good hormones. So I started really getting interested in that. And that slowly led me to neuroscience and that slowly led me to NLP. And now I am into coaching. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. So so I want to talk about like your different traumas in your life and first of all, the things that I have in my hand. Okay, yeah. so yeah, what, are the, what were the major traumas in your life? So other than... Uh, so I'm pretty sure you had the different traumas in different stages of your life. So would you like to share some with us and like talk about what happened at the time? Well, one of the main ones was, of course, the childhood ones. So like getting parents getting divorced, which is, you know, the fear of abandonment and rejection. Uh, then I, in my teenage years, I had to move five different high schools so you know for a teenager like leaving his leaving their friends and starting all over again is quite challenging and I had to do that five times <laughs> I think um, four years I, no five times throughout the whole school year oh, so throughout four. 10 years five times okay got it um what else happened then I got married pretty young and I had to go through my own divorce a few years ago. <laughs> then the depression thing happened. Yeah, like, I mean, traumas kind of happen. We don't, we can't really block ourselves from it, right? 
but we can learn to to accept it and to deal with the emotions on the spot instead of suppressing emotions which what which is what i used to do i used to really not show any emotion i used to suppress everything and that ended up in me being in a depression okay so uh, tell me more about um uh, suppressing suppressing emotions uh so i'm like uh so you mentioned like you suppress emotion in place of dealing with it. So what, how do you actually define suppressing emotion? Yeah. Suppressing emotion is basically not letting it out. So not allowing yourself to feel it, not allowing yourself to express it in the moment that you feel it and trying to ignore it or push it away. So for example, when we're small children, see again, it goes back to the childhood. When we're small children, a lot of the times when we're crying or when we want attention or whatever people or parents, they can tell us to stop crying and they can tell us to, you know, quiet down. And like this, we were learning to not show our emotions. We learn to suppress it. Or later on, something happens, you're having a fight and you're feeling very angry. And instead of expressing this anger, and I'm not saying like punching the people or, but just saying, look, I feel angry blah 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 so instead of saying that you may say nothing and just hold it inside of you and then you're walking around with it <laughs> and, and if it's not if it doesn't come out of your system it stays in your system and it stays in the system until you let it out and the more of these of these events happen where you don't allow yourself to express you don't allow yourself to express you keep it in you keep it in and then suddenly you're like this walking ball of negative emotion that's inside of you and that is negative energy and that negative energy can eventually grow into some sort of illness like mental illness or even a physical illness so it's very important to um, first of all acknowledge our emotions when they come and feel them and let them out in order to release them you need to either feel them or express them but let have an opening for them to go out. Okay. So I really have a hard time, like actually letting go of my emotions, like let's say expressing my emotions. So what would be your suggestion, major suggestion for someone who does not know how to uh, let's express their emotions properly? Um, so I started with journaling, like literally sitting down at the end of the day or right after the event happened and say and writing whatever is on is on my mind I, I would be writing so today this happened and i felt this way and in the beginning it felt really stupid i literally felt like an idiot when i was doing that in the beginning but the more i was doing it the more started coming out and as the more started coming out i was actually able to express it better and then with time I learned to be able to express it verbally, not just writing, but verbally speaking. And with time, I learned to, to acknowledge it on the spot and be like, okay, I am feeling this emotion or I'm feeling hurt or I'm feeling sadness or I'm feeling anger. Why am I feeling it? And like allow it to be there and then, and then it comes up. Okay, so one thing, one really interesting thing, at least for me, I can't pop in my head. Okay, so if someone feels an emotion and 
like feels an emotion and in a in a way he does not express externally okay so so how does feeling your emotion and like let's say because of your like previous experiences like a previous by previous experiences i mean uh you know how to deal with it because of it you know let's say one thought or like native uh, thought or experience happened and internally you dissolved it felt it and resolved it for by yourself so what does, does the difference look like in this scenario and in case of someone who is suppressing his like let's say feelings like emotions like in both cases so both are uh, like in a way like keeping to themselves they're not expressing it to others so is it one better than, than other or like is both the same so you don't necessarily have to express it to others this is just one way of getting it out if you're feeling something something happened and you're feeling i don't know frustration for example or anger or anxiety and you and you feel it inside of you and in order to process it in the moment you need to like literally slow down and sit with it and say okay i'm feeling this emotion so acknowledge it find out in your body where do you feel it and it can be different parts of the body and just stay with it stay with it until it's gone and sometimes it takes 30 seconds sometimes it takes five minutes for it to be gone but you, you sit with it and you ask why are you here and what are you trying to show me because every emotion is an indicator of something emotions don't come out of the blue they come for a reason they're like data you know so if you come with it and if you sit with it and you ask it okay what, what are you trying to show me maybe there's a fear of something or maybe like you felt threatened somewhere or maybe somebody's like um, breaking your boundaries and misbehaving disrespecting you it could be anything so as, as long as you figure out where it's coming from it usually goes away pretty quickly and then you don't feel it anymore. So this is scenario number one. Scenario number two is when the same thing happens, you feel the same emotion, but instead of paying attention to it, you're like, okay, I don't want to feel it. So you distract yourself with, I don't know, your, your phone or some food or whatever it is. It's like, instead of sitting with it, you rush and you continue with your day and you don't pay any attention to that. So that would be suppressing. And then that, that emotion stays in your, in your system. And then it's there. And then a few days later or one week later or one year later, a situation happens that is similar to this event. And then your brain is like, oh, I know this situation. I know that there's a specific emotion associated with it. So let me show it. And then poof, suddenly you have this emotional reaction out of nowhere. So this is what happens when you don't process your emotion, when you suppress them. That's when you start getting triggered by insignificant events and suddenly you start having crazy emotional reactions that means you have a lot of suppressed emotions in you okay that's interesting so does i like that to, make sense? <laughs> it does it does and the reason i like asked that question in the first place is at two actually like you know we won but i'd say two like because on one end uh, i listen in many cases hey uh, something bad happened like it's not good like something bad happened i know it but internally i know hey everything that everything that happened it happens happened for good mm -hmm. yeah for you with that like an understanding 
uh, I don't keep it in myself. However, like that's that one, that is one case. So I think that, I think I have dealt with that emotion because I already felt it and like I know that th that thing happened for good. Mm -hmm. I can acknowledge it. However, there are also days where I feel bad without any reason. I don't know what happened, what did not happen. It's just I feel bad without any reason. And like they, I've got no clue why I'm sad. I'm just sad. Like mm -hmm. my mood is off. I nothing happened. Uh, suddenly on a day in every in a few months or you know like few weeks, you've got no clue. And the next day everything's good as well. Like good good as always. So because mm -hmm. of these two events, like I asked that question. So what's your re reflection on both of these? Mm -hmm. So the first one, I think, because you're acknowledging the the emotion. And that's why it's easier for you to let go of it, right? Yeah. You, so you acknowledge the emo emotion and you acknowledge that, okay, that happened and I learned this from that. So as long as you learn something from it and acknowledge the emotion, then it will go, right? And then the second scenario, sometimes we do have, I agree, I also have these days when I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to do anything, like nothing is, nothing is good and I just leave me alone. I have those days too, and uh, it could be, and th those are actually the best days to journal because you can really go deep and you can really discover some things. And it could be like a few things actually. One thing could be that the sadness is there because you have sort of like this quiet time. So this suppressed emotion of sadness from the past is like, oh, I have an opening. I can come now. And it's coming for you to heal. It's basically showing up for you to heal it. And it's up to you to understand where it's coming from. So this could be number one. And number two, which is a bit less complicated, is just you're low on good chemicals in your brain. And you're, probably, you're probably out of dopamine. You're probably out of you know, serotonin. And you just need to eat something good and go for like a little walk outside. And often that's enough to, to fix your state. But if you feel that the sadness continues, even if the, even after you like try to break your state and move your body and eat something nice, and by nice I mean healthy, not sugar, but healthy things. <laughs> not junk food, uh, like healthy foods. Healthy. No, 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 no junk food. If you want serotonin, you need to eat healthy food because serotonin is produced in your gut, not in your brain. So yeah, and if just doing those things doesn't break your state, if the sadness is still there, that it probably means that it's some, it's very deep. And that is just coming out for you to heal it. Okay, that's in really interesting insight. Okay. Uh, so we are currently almost out of time here. So I'll I'll keep things very very short from from this end, uh, from from my end. Okay. So tell me about what is your biggest lesson in life uh, that helped to help in your darkest period of time? Oof. <laughs> well, let me think about that one. The lesson that helped me through darkest period of time. I mean, it was a pretty long time, right? 
it's hard to pick just one. Uh, but I would say the biggest lesson was to recognize that what I was feeling during those darkest periods of times, it was a gift. And it was literally what I said, it was, it showed up for me to show me that something is wrong and that I need to heal it. You know, if that depression didn't show up in my life, I would probably have continued living the way I was living. And I don't know what would happen then. <laughs> I don't want to think what would happen, but depression kind of forced me to stop everything and go inward and really take a good look at what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with myself? And start the healing process. So the biggest lesson I would say, pay attention to your feelings and emotions because they are there for a reason. They're there to show you something, to teach you something. Be very careful with that. Really pay attention to that. Okay, absolutely. Okay, so I want you to reflect on the statement that you said. So how was your feeling when you said the, uh, the, last, the last statement that you said? How was I feeling? Yeah. How was the feeling when you thought about the biggest lesson and said it? I'm kind of neutral. <laughs> kind of? Neutral. I mean, I've been excited. I've been excited the whole conversation, so I'm still excited. <laughs> okay, then that's great. Okay, so we uh, we have run out of time. We could have uh, a longer session. Uh, however, like because of technical difficulties for my end, we had to like keep things up uh, pretty short. Okay, so without like uh, making any any more mess. Um, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> mess is fine. Yeah, mess is part of the part of the experience <laughs> yeah absolutely okay so let's make more mess however uh, not today <laughs> i hope not today okay uh, okay so where can our listeners find you listeners of yours find, find you online online i am primarily on instagram and my handle is at conscious underscore sapiens I did choose the most difficult word to, to name my brand. <laughs> so I don't know if you can add it in the, in the notes of this episode. I will. Conscious, conscious underscore sapient on Instagram is my page. And before we, uh, before we wrap up, I just want to add that for your listeners, um, if anybody is interested, I do offer free coaching sessions this month so you can find that in the link in my bio in the in my instagram profile okay so the links would be in the description so uh, the way that mentioned so the links would be in the descriptions uh yes. description of our uh, the platform we are listening or seeing this at and yeah. that's about it for today however like before we end so this is one question from you. So why did you, why did you choose saplings? Sapiens? Yeah. Well, um, technically it should be homo conscious if you look at the exact translation of the words, right? The idea was that homo sapiens means um, is our current race, 
And I feel that majority of population today are living very unconsciously. And my mission with my business is to help to get as many people as I can become more aware, self-aware and conscious about themselves and the world in general, because I feel that the people who are doing the work and the people who are doing personal development, they're not the kind of people who are like walking around and being angry and starting wars, you know? So I want our race in general to become more conscious in general and homo conscious didn't sound well. So I went for conscious sapiens. Okay, conscious sapiens, got it. So the, <clears throat> with that, okay. So the links of of or the things that she meant that she mentioned will be in the in the description of it. Again, so before we end it, so our twelfth guest was Sasha, Sasha uh, Tarasova. And sorry, I'm like I'm it's, I'm having a hard time of pronouncing. I'm very sorry for that. And so and she is a transformation life coach in NLP practitioner, creator of conscious sapiens and an artist and a dj so by saying that this was your host a mahmoud and that's about it for today and we're signing off bye thank you mahmoud thanks everyone okay welcome and bye and that's the end of today's episode i know taking action is quite a hard job to do so i hope that advice and insights we got today will help you to take the leap of faith and pursue your dreams you can share your story with us through the first link in the description box and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on the Apple Podcast. We will come back with another episode till then keep healing, learning and growing. Thank you.